Good evening all, I suppose we should say. Indeed. Good all evening. Being, uh, a few different faces. Yeah, we are joined by on the, is, is it lockdown eve today or is that tomorrow? That's tomorrow it goes lockdown. So lockdown eve eve um, for autumn in the UK. So we are five man fresh at Casa de Sibley this evening where we're recording <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. So before uh, we all just have a, a month off to stew in our own <laughs> our own sweat for a month on our own, yeah, essentially. Uh, we thought we'd get some of the gang together who listeners will know. We've got uh, Paul. Good evening. And Chuck. Good evening. Both, both, we had both of you on on series one, I think it was. Is that right? Yeah, both on series one. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Chuck doesn't know. Chuck still doesn't know. I what know, what I podcast do. Last is. Week, mate, yeah. <laughs> 60s child. Yes. He so wishes. He wishes, yeah. <laughs> we're actually going to kind of split this evening in two. So you'll hear the first half of this this week. And then Andy, the editor extraordinaire, is going to delight listeners with part two, essentially, next week. So we've got lots to talk about around this table tonight. That's a lot. So we shall begin with the fallout from Sunday, which was Red oh, 20. It was. But how about, do we talk about your little trip to Germany first? Oh, my God. I totally forgot about the trip to yeah. Germany. Oh, yeah. So come on, let's do Germany. Very good. Yes. Oh, yeah, because I missed last week. Yeah. So you, you you did that just in time to get there before Germany shut down. Yes, ideal. So take totally us through forgot it. about that. But that is another awesome reason why Paul's here, because uh, Paul accompanied me on that trip. And we literally, I mean, I say it's like escaping a burning building. It wasn't. It's more like coming back to a burning building because our yeah. COVID case rates were a lot higher here than they mm. are yeah, in Germany. Yeah, there. We should be a safer place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Vaulted away for Vulted eternity. Away in the museum storage. It was yeah, it was work. phenomenal. But yes, we um, we left on the Thursday, came back on the Saturday. When we went out, Germany's attitude for UK citizens was: you have to prove that you're not in a low risk area. So we took with us ID, but then also utility bills for hotels to prove that we lived uh, yeah, on the South Coast and, and we were tier one at the time. Yeah. But then on the last day of us being there, they said, no, actually, we've changed our minds. All of the UK is a high risk area. You either need to get out. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you had to um, have a, a negative COVID test from the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. From a European country. From a, from a European Union country. Which or, we are. UK is well, From January the 1st, yeah. it's changing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or get out of town, basically. So we, we had to do that. So we were coming back Saturday anyway. Yeah. We went over in a 992 Turbo S. That was a, what should we call it, repatriation vehicle for the 959. So we dumped stuff in the Turbo S, went to Porsche Classic, picked up the 959, which was having a service, wasn't it, at Classic? Was the... Yeah, it certainly was having a service. So <laughs> collected that. We also, while we were there, had... An amazing look around Porsche Classic, which I don't know about you, Paul, but I thought that, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting to see some of the goodies that they've got in their Aladdin's cave. No, it, it was incredible. And just sort of under each cover, there was something new, something different, including Project Gold. Project Gold, yes. So obviously the last time the public saw Project Gold was, it was in the States at the back end of 2018, I think it was. 
um, went yeah. to a buyer in the Middle East, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, Middle East, but he had it delivered back back to Porsche, um, I believe, and uh, that's where it remains. So, I think because of the import duty. Yeah, but we just, you know, we're walking along and it was Matthias, wasn't it, at Porsche Classic, yeah. top man, and yeah, walking along, just kind of pulled this cover up the corner of the car and said, oh yeah, here's Project Gold. <laughs> Our jaw hit the yeah. floor, you yeah. know, the way he said it, just so kind of nonchalantly. Then so we did saw, you get to have a little look around it then? Did he? Yeah. Not really, well, uh, it, it, it lifted like the, the back end of the thing up, so we'd yeah. like, we'd seen that, but um, that was about it. But so then, he's still got the dodgy gold wheels, right? It's got the lot, yes, exactly, exactly as is. I saw it at Rensport Reunion, actually. What did you think to it at Rensport? At, at Rensport Reunion? Mm. There's a, there was a really interesting article we did in T911 on it. I interviewed the Porsche Classic people that put it together. And I kind of said at the time, um, it's it, like, fantastic marketing. Yeah. Essentially. And, and do you know what? Funnily enough, I had a really interesting conversation with Jürgen Barth about half an hour afterwards. And he was very, very vocal in his um, opinion of Project Gold and basically just said, this is pure marketing. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So um, I thought the idea was cool. Um, if it wasn't a charity auction, then I don't think it would have got anywhere near yeah. the, the, the figure it did. Sorry, I diverted you off your conversation. No, 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 sweat. But it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a marketing car. I think is the essentially yeah. the thing. Just like a Cayman. <laughs> slight, Ooh, slight, slight. Hold up there. Hold up there. Joe's waking up. We saw that, and then <laughs> at yeah, Porsche Classic, we saw like oh, here's a nine six four Turbo S flat nose just chilling over there, yeah. and it's just that sort of level of just unbelievable kind of Porsches, wasn't it? Yeah. Five fifty Spider chilling in there. Yeah, um, a soft uh, window targa. Yes, I mean, they're yeah. super, super, super rare. And uh, some interesting, um, shall we say, cars in need of repair. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> Go on. That, that wasn't due to deterioration due to weather. It yeah. was, um, they, whether they went off the road or not. <laughs> and, really? Uh, including a 959 and oh yeah Carrera GT Carrera GT that had been repaired in Marbella oh it was some bizarre outpost that I mean they glued carbon fibre back together they put fibreglass over the carbon fibre oh shit oh where people had done dodgy repairs they'd gone back in there yeah yeah Yeah. 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 so the car had been taken to Porsche and uh, they'd found this repair oh I see historic repairs oh yeah Yeah. historic repairs that somebody done to the chassis of the car essentially it was like yeah Obviously, there were no cameras allowed in that room. No, <laughs> no, we, no, no, it didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, which was hilarious. But then, so as part of the um, the trip, as well as picking up the car, we were photographing and doing some video work, which will be on my YouTube channel in good time. Uh, doing some work with some like really special cars that involved us going to Porsche's secret slash not so secret storage facility. Yeah, which I mean, I've kind of said to Paul and many people before that I just, I just love that to be my bedroom I'd just put my bed in there and I don't care if I never saw anything else on this planet ever again I'd be completely content in there it's the, any car any and all cars from Porsche's history yeah. are sitting in that room yeah. from Le Mans winners to prototypes to pre how many cars? cars are actually in there do you reckon hundreds I'd say three hundred. Yeah, yeah three hundred. Yeah. They're stacked as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. But actually, what, what I've had really is yes, Le Mans winners, yes, nine five nine prototypes, Mercedes five hundred E, which was built by, by yeah. Porsche. But there were 
loads of 924s, 944s, 928s, slightly quirky, a bit of prototypey. And it was just fantastic to see models which were really important for the company's history in there. Yeah. And they may not be the sort of icons that people look at, but they, they value those as much as they do the icons. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, that was really interesting. Oh, massively so. And it's like literally any any and all model that's just important, historically significant to that company and what's made that company today. Has that has that facility kind of always been there, and it's, or is that become, you know, is it over the only the last twenty years that that's existed, and they bought cars to fill um, that, or is no, it? No, no, they've they they've, in terms of their collection, and they yeah. do look at it as a collection. They've realised they have gaps. So until um, seven years ago, five years ago, something like that, they realised they didn't own a two point seven RS, so they went and purchased one. They've now got right. a touring. Um, they realized they didn't have an early 911 and they acquired chassis 57, which as we found out was actually the very last ever 901. Yeah, that was a right. rebadging. Right. Really interesting. And that was, that was completely serendipitous. Um, a German production, television production company approached Porsche and said, Oh, we've kind of found this old 911 in a barn. Yeah. Here's the chassis number. What do you think? And they said, okay, we'll come and have a look at it. And then the more research they did, they were like, wow, this is a super, super early car. This is the 57th 911 ever made. Um, and yeah, as it, it turned out, it was badge 901. And then the next day, the fallout from the Citroen fiasco had turned, had come to fruition and everything had to get rebadged 911. So that yep. was the last car that got 901 before it went to 911. Mm. Um, so there, there are th- things where they've filled gaps, but they've yeah. always had that facility. And actually, it wasn't until like the 911 turned 50, sort of 2013, this is to the best of my knowledge, by the way, that they kind of let people in there. Um, and I mean, I've been incredibly fortunate to get in there about three or four or five times now. Um, but it's completely off limits to the public, Yeah, you know, and, and we only get in there when there's certain requests through T911 or the, the video stuff whereby, you know, you, you need to be in there. It's not yeah. a case of come and have a look. And if there's anything you want to shoot, be our guest, mm-hmm. you have to have a reason to be in there, you know? Yeah. So we, are they still squirreling away more modern stuff? I and mean, what's the cutoff, or is it? There are, yeah, day? there's uh, modern stuff in there. Yeah, there was a, a couple of 911 R's. There's a GT3 Touring. Okay, so it's up to current models. Yeah, up to current still... GT3 RSs. Hmm. Um, GT2 probably. I don't remember seeing one, but I'm pretty sure there was one there. Um, a lot of 991s. A few. There were some limited. Nine on ones uh, that they yeah. they produced, yeah. and so they rotate that facility with the cars in the museum. Yeah, so like the the millionth nine eleven, the Irish Green nine on one, that was on display in the museum. But mm. then when they have a, a switch around, they'll just pull some other cars out of this storage. Um, and actually, Paul and I, uh, our visit was about three four days after Goodwood Speed Week. Oh yeah, um, and at that storage facility was the GT one ninety eight car that was on display at Goodwood. We saw the 993 GT2R that the freelance writer Carl Fortune had, had driven for Total 911 magazine on the Saturday, Sunday, and then on the Wednesday, yeah, it was sitting there, and it's just like, I mean, talk about German efficiency, they didn't yeah. hang around it, but it was, yeah. and that's what I mean, you know, it really is, it's just like... It's a proper working, work, working yeah. 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 There was a lot of passion there. Huge, uh, yeah, passion. huge. We, we uh, were shown around the museum by... Yes, um, Kuno, his name was, Kuno. I can't remember his surname now. Yeah, but he was at the head of the museum, <coughs> Mid 40s, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. Mid 40s was an apprentice at Classic, 
originally and just worked his way through and the knowledge he had yeah. and, and, and the passion and he's just wandering around telling us all this particularly about that uh, 901 mm-hmm. it's quite some interesting features which I'm sure will appear in a quiz Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. So definitely. all these cars then are service ready to go. There's like a rotor. You, the Ford do the same. They've got every race car they've ever produced, and they're all ready to go. Mm. They just have a clear cover over them. You lift it and drive it off, or put a battery on it, basically. Yeah, that is yeah. essentially like mm. if, if if they know they've got something coming up, like Goodwood or whatever. Mm. Then that's what Porsche are really good at with the museum guys. They, they they know what events coming up and they make sure the cars are ready to go. Yeah, and and that's yeah. Three hundred cars or so it must be a minefield to try and get around. So obviously some don't move, and then other ones are ready. To yeah, go. exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, just logistically organising that. Mm. I mean, wow. Impressive. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah the guy had this amazing that. machine where you literally went up to the car and, and just lifted the the axle and just moved mm. around. He was incredibly skilled oh, right. I mean bear in mind you move, he, we saw him moving a Carrera GT sort of past the 959 yeah <laughs> what to go wrong wouldn't have a wonder have a bad day at work doing that no, yeah. this is it but it really is like you you walk around and just everywhere you look you're just completely spoiled by what you're seeing yeah, yeah it's, it's overwhelming yeah fact. I bet yeah. you do you do actually need to take a breath just just calm down so these guys were filming so I was wandering around and got slightly told off because I was going into all kinds of things <laughs> <laughs> lifting covers on yeah, things you shouldn't have been surreptitiously it's not good not good on, <laughs> not good on a podcast but surreptitiously with the iPhone was sort of like clicking <laughs> away um, and uh, it was uh, it was spot on but they, they, two, uh, three of the cars that we photographed on the day two of the three sorry were their owned by the Porsche family so we had to get permission to to picture the car and to yeah. do the videos with them um one we didn't i don't mind saying what one that is for now the other one i want to keep under our hat for a little bit but the one we we did video that didn't belong to them was the bulletproof 996 which was super cool i mean it was paul's talking about this like whizzy thing that the bloke used to like just clip the cars on and then cut them around this bulletproof 996 weighed three tons Oh my and word. he was basically, oh. you know, dancing this car around, you know, one-handedly, just shimmying it around for us. And it was not a problem at all. What so. did they build a bulletproof 996 yeah. nine, for? I mean, obviously, there'll be an article and a, and a video coming where yeah. you'll find out exactly that. But... Um, just to give the short version. Uh, yeah, I don't mind saying for now that essentially... Your videos are a bit long. <laughs> <laughs> They're only nine minutes and seconds. Um, they, so the, the short story is Mercedes were doing a lot of bulletproof cars in the late 90s uh, for diplomats and royal families and whatnot. And Porsche just thought, yeah, we'd quite like to have a go at that. So they built a car just as a, as a concept to see how it went. Interestingly, it's only the glass that is, yeah, double glazed bulletproof glass. The doors aren't. So, I mean, mm. oh, okay. yeah, it's just a normal you get your knackers like, shot off then, glass. But... <laughs> yeah, but it's quite funny. It was um, an early amber lens 996 3.4 carrera standard engine so you've got a three-ton car powered by 300 <laughs> horsepower leggy 3.4 flat six like no turbo to help it along yeah. so i mean you might be bulletproof but you're not getting out of the war zone in <laughs> you know but um yeah, cool car. 100 horsepower a ton is um yeah yeah exactly not quite where it's at yeah it? quick yeah. maths i like it mm. but yeah um it was just a thing to say well look you know we can do it essentially yeah. Um, it was in jade green as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was jade yeah. green. Yeah. Very good. Lovely car. So, I understand there's a lot of that paint knocking around. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, so what time I see you showing the head of the museum pictures of the little Irish there. 
wondering whether they might jump on the on this for their collection. Well, I was thinking, yeah, exactly. If you if you ever fancy a proper car, obviously, yeah. Yeah, never, <laughs> never mind any of these crap that you've got in here. Yeah. He did say, is that original? Yeah, he did. Because I noticed he said um, at, at one stage, um, he uh, what did he say? I think he intimated. Yes, he, he said he didn't like Fuchs wheels on modern. 911s. Oh, it was the um, Sport Classic. Yes. Sport Classic. We were going down this line of cars and they were in a particular display in the museum. And uh, there was a, started with the um, prototype 2.7 RS. Yes. Which was... Sportomatic gearbox. Yes. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. Followed by a Ruby Stone. Yeah. A 964 and he was all over that. Yeah. The next car was the, it was a three points, a, a Turbo 993 Turbo S. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, and then the Sport Classic, and he was quite open about <laughs> the fact he didn't think the Fuchs wheels were appropriate. Did you then pull out the picture of your car? I did it at the end in the museum <laughs> shop. Uh, I said, yeah, obviously you're, you're not going to like this, but yeah, here we go. What do you think of that? He, he was um, either quite enchanted by the car or a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got an equity card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying not better in white. <laughs> <laughs> no, wrapped. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, I had to say, I mean, what a lovely bloke. Um, I said to him, well, Kuno, you must own a Porsche, surely, to work here. And he's, yeah, he's had one or two, but like he's, I think he's got two at the moment, yeah. but his current sort of like daily beta is a 993 Carrera yeah. Cabriolet. Yeah, yeah, I should have let them guess. <laughs> but what's really interesting, there's something in the water at Porsche with 993 Carrera Cabs because... Dr. Frank Stefan Volleser, the head of the 9 production line, he's got one. Yeah. Andres Preuninger, his daily is a 993 Carrera cab. And now this guy who's head of like the museum and archive, essentially. And you just think, well, those cars are really like they underrated know. over they here. Know. They yeah, know. People, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You can back it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Maybe there was a free surplus of them going yeah. at some point. Well, and this they is were what like, I mean, but you know, they've, uh, in, in fairness, I reckon it, I, know, I got it. I know what it is. Go on. When they couldn't sell them, they did like 50% discount yeah, for staff. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they've all had the suspension modified. So they're, they're all now kind of running aftermarket coilover, yeah. coilovers on them, which I thought was interesting. But otherwise, they're just like, yeah, brilliant car. Great daily hack. And as I say, over here, I mean, there, there's a huge difference in price between a 993 C2 coupe and mm-hmm. then a cab. Yeah. There's, a, there's a massive gulf. And you just think, hmm. What do the Germans know there that we don't? Mm. You know? Struggle on taste, don't they, the Germans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't say that at all. His, that's the his, other, his other car was a Targa with the tartan interior. A wow. yellow Targa with a tartan interior. Was it a 964? I can't remember. No, I don't think it was. Targa, it's a Targa. Yeah, G-Body Targa, yeah. That's it. So yeah, cool double garage. Yeah, well remembered on that. Yeah. To be fair, I totally forgot. But yeah, so that was cool. So we'd we'd been completely spoiled in this day. I mean, it was a it was a long day. We didn't actually have any lunch, but I mean, where you're walking around looking at all these cars. <laughs> yeah, you thinking, don't need I'm food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we kind of did that, and then uh, retired to the hotel for the evening. Had about I don't know. 30 kilos of schnitzel each because we accidentally. <laughs> I've seen a picture of that. Was, oh my god! It was just. Oh, I just couldn't believe it when it arrived. <laughs> it was just the biggest plate of food I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Built for Germans. Yeah. But very good, like quintessential um, German cuisine, wasn't it? So, Big Steiner beer. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, obviously, yeah, got the next day and, you know, we, we left before we were booted out of the country, essentially, yeah. but it, it did involve, obviously, we had a 992 Turbo S, it was a 205 mile an hour 911, and then the 959, quite famously, is a 200 mile an hour 911. So interested to hear that what you felt, both of you, because you must have, did you swap over? Uh, yes, we did. Yeah. We did. And I have to say, oh, Paul, you know about this anyway, but... um We'd, we'd probably 45 minutes from Arkan. So how we kind of got around not quarantining when we came back to the UK was we went to the, the last point of Germany, which is Arkan. Yeah. Cause I'll qualify it by saying that the quickest way to get to the museum normally from the UK is head down to Reims. You can yeah. get the, the shot at the grandstand and then you just head east through the Black Forest and then you're at Stuttgart. But we went up past Cologne to Arkan. Yeah. On the border with Belgium and Holland. And then you nip through Belgium and Holland and then France and then to the ferry that way. It's yeah. about three and a half hours from Arkin to there. And yeah. we basically, we had to not stop in Belgium or France because if, if we did, we'd have to quarantine. Yeah. No, we Yes, exactly. So we, we brimmed the cars, didn't we, at Arkin, which as yeah. you said, was quite funny because we had these, you know, lovely cars worth a fair bit, but we were putting like 12 quid's worth of <laughs> <laughs> basically. And, uh, and then just, yeah, not, not have a wee from that point until we got back to Blighty. Um, but maybe 45 minutes before we got to Arkin, Paul said, um, should we stop? And then Carney said, you know, would you like to have a go in the 959? And obviously I cordially and politely <laughs> said, please, 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 can I? Yeah. <laughs> so jumped in the car and I, I genuinely, I had a moment, boys, driving along in this car because... What teary moment? I, I genuinely, like, I, there was, yeah, there was something in my eye, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I just... At that point, I just thought there is, I mean, I'm driving a 959 on the Autobahn in Germany. I mean, talk mm. about, you know, you're yeah. driving the car on its home territory. The yes. car was built to do 200 mile an hour, have air conditioning. You could listen to the radio if you want. It was, it was, that is the quintessential Autobahn car, wasn't it? Like yeah. Super yeah. sports car at the time. And I thought, I'm, I'm doing it. Here I am. And, you know, I just thought there is not a single person on this planet right now that is a luckier sod than I am. Not a single <laughs> person. And uh, yeah, obviously pushed the accelerator, went up. I saw 260 clicks and then eased off because it wasn't my car. <laughs> and I thought there's more to go wrong than right at this point. So I was quite happy with my innings on that, if you like. And it just, yeah, let off and just thought, yeah, bloody hell, this is absolutely absurd. So yeah, I had a moment when, when we kind of pulled up at Arkham to swap over I said to Paul, yeah, I've basically just had a cry in your car. <laughs> <laughs> but phenomenal. I've At least it was you, only a cry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've said to you many a time, and say it again publicly, Paul, yeah, thank you for that. No, mate, it was, that was, was, uh, it was actually, yeah, but, but for me as well, uh, being there and driving that car in Germany on the autobahn, and as you say, hitting certain speeds, which we'd be, and he wouldn't do in the UK, but certainly you'd be looking in your rearview mirror waiting for the Rosas. <laughs> and, uh, and you could just perfectly legally, but also people you were going past or were coming up, those diesel Audis, you know, they get all like slow down, they're like putting their thumbs up yeah. and pictures in, this, in the petrol stations that they were coming, can we take a picture? Can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But actually for me to see Lee, the pleasure of him getting in that car and then seeing the car on the on road. On the road, moving, and then yeah. The, yeah, 
to actually see it rolling on the road and you're yeah. seeing what other people are seeing gives you that great pleasure but and then also you know it's a friend of yours that's driving it and that the, the pleasure they're getting from that is uh it's it's half the buzz of, of, yeah. yeah yeah well yeah. i have to say as well that car at 150 mile an hour felt so stable yeah and you're just going mm. this car is 35 years old next mm. year mm. and you know as as ben dimpson told us the designer which we'll find out in the next episode it has air act, active aerodynamics in terms of the chassis yeah yeah and it, all of that and the fixed rear wing and all of that aerodynamics was all built for that car to do that sort of speed and yeah. like i say 35 years ago you've got to consider the other cars that were on the road at the Absolutely. time as we've spoken about yeah Even that's today, nuts that, isn't it yeah that car was it felt so safe felt so wonderful at that speed well i think you felt that that chuck i mean and uh, and andy when we've we been to events in the uk yeah. and we've been mm. just cruising along normally but it just you sit in it and it feels just just totally sorted and the, the, you don't the ride is unreal yeah yeah, yeah. you're you going along the road and you see like a you know something in the road a pothole or something and you're like and but you go over it and you don't even feel it or hear it it's just amazing the suspension yeah. the ride's great Compliancy. the brakes are excellent that's incredible you know and, and again the aerodynamics are fantastic i think we would just coming down a dual carriage way, not doing massive speeds, but it did get more secure at speed. It just seemed mm. to be very straight. It wasn't blown around. Yeah. It's comfortable. I mean, even the sleeping policemen's going out of the event, I was cringing, looking at mm. them, thinking, this is going to be, you know, Porsches are quite firm and you get a bit of a jolt, but there's nothing with that. Yeah. So yeah. it's such an intelligent car and it's hard to look at it and think it was built at that time because, you know, I was sort of looking at it and the, the missing rain gutters make it look a different car. Mm, I mean, yes. you know, I was trying to look at it for ages thinking, well, it doesn't look like a G-series, you know, it's really unusual. Mm. But the best shot is across the top of the back wing through the actual spoiler. Yeah. Lots of people taking pictures. And I said to someone, look at that picture, you know what I mean? Because it is just an amazing sculpture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, yeah the, the, that's very true. But the other thing, if you look at the... Um, the technology that is in that car and we've said it and you compare we had a 992 t- turbo s if you look at the, the, the all the things that are on that turbo s you can take them back to that point with the 959 the yeah, yeah the, all the thinking yeah. there and some of the te- some of the bits that are on it we're not going to mention because i'm sure they may form a quick a question <laughs> in a quiz coming your way soon but but it is incredible you just can tick these boxes yeah. that these things are there and there was this car 35 years ago we had um we, we counted active four-wheel drive system uh, yep. it being four-wheel drive to begin with of course um active aerodynamics um twin turbochargers yep. obviously they operate differently now so many well PSM, right, right. you can you've got three settings on yeah right. yeah so yeah. axle lift i suppose yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is abs are you saying rain, yeah. rain mode um, there, yes, yeah, so the nine five nine has rain mode, rain yeah. mode yeah. and the Turbo S has wet mode. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it has snow mode. Mm. It does yeah, make yeah. sense because the nine five nine has just been a number on a page, but having been in it and say so, thanks, Paul, again, but it's just brilliant car, and it's a you're in a G series, but it's not. It's mm. really weird. You keep getting glimpses, lots yeah. of controls, by the way, lots of lights yeah. uh, across it more than anything. But it makes sense because you think, oh, it's just another car that's a lot of money. But if you had the money, you probably wouldn't want for anything else because it, it does it in terms of performance. Yeah, tire pressure monitoring. 
TPM, yeah. yes, well played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. TPM. Well played. Uh, yeah. But it is, and, and that's part of the fact that not is it an amazing car to drive, and when you hit four and a half thousand revs, that second turbo comes in. It's 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 just the back end just sits down and it's off. It's like yeah. almost being in Concord about sort of going off down. Yeah, the oh yeah, it really is, and that is, it felt Huckers. unshakable. Um, our sense lock wheels is another one while we're still Set on those. Wheels. Um, but the the nine five nine we kind of forget about it in twenty twenty, but. The 959 was late. The 959 was way over budget. Yeah. They, it was well, loss making every car they sold in terms of the R&D they had to make to do the car. They were so cash strapped at the time. The reason the car couldn't be sold in the States is because Porsche couldn't give the US government or, or authorities a car to crash, to yeah. get it crash certified. <laughs> it arguably cost uh, Helmut Bott his job. Peter Schutz, the CEO, left not long after that. Um, again, it's linked to that. And yet that car has become the, the celestial Porsche mm-hmm. and has come to represent everything that company stands for in terms of engineering excellence and integrity. And as we've discussed, 35 years later, there is so much on that car that is still relevant to the cars we drive today. Yeah. Incredible. There, I, I genuinely, I don't believe there will ever be another Porsche like the 959. Yeah. Just think. Could you, um, could you spec a 959? Did, you know, did it come with an options list or were they all pretty much the same out of the box? As, as far as I, uh, I've sort of been able to make out, you had um, the ordinary, the comfort, yeah. uh, the, the comfort car. And, and there were 300 and well, 298 of those, something like that, 303, something, somewhere around 300. There were 29 odd 29 sport. sports. Mm-hmm. And then the, there was a Series 2 car, which yeah. is actually the one that I'm lucky enough to own mm. and they were built in 93 92 93 um actually they were the only ones built at porsche i believe oh wow great yeah. fact. Yeah. um how I, many of the series two ones were eight. Built? eight eight so that car is one of eight one of eight in series two there is doesn't seem to be a big different difference but differential between them mm. uh, there's a couple of oddities the the later cars don't appear to have the the tri-colored s- s- seats okay. um and but equally there are others that don't have those either mm. um the sport doesn't have air conditioning has a different suspension system is there's a lot a bit more power it would be very easy to up the power in, in the standard car and, and it's uh, bruce canapa is it mm-hmm. uh, who, who's currently converting cars in in the states and i'm slightly I think the car's a bit too iconic to do it, but of course America started with not having none and it took Bill Gates and, and a Washington lawyer to get this status in that it was a car of importance and was over 25 years old. Therefore it was allowed to be used. And then Ralph Lauren had one and, but they has been taking cars and effectively taking them apart, taking suspension out and, and remodeling, putting six, seven, 800 horsepower through them. Wow. I slightly view that as, it's not like Singer where you're taking a, from a pool of a lot of 964s. No. And I think his conversions are a million dollars. Everyone he does, in my view, takes another out of the pool. Takes a real one off the a road. A real one. Yeah. And I think why, why, why do it to a car like that that, that represents so much? Uh, I, I'm not saying he's wrong. And mm. if the customers want to do it, that, that's fine. But for Seems me, a bit of a shame, isn't it? I, I agree. I think it's, mm. you, you, would you do it to an F40? Well, you're arguing, are you making it better? I, I don't think you are. You're taking a car and you're making it quicker, 
But and there's, as we were saying, there's so much historical significance yeah. to that car. It almost, you know, shouldn't it? It, it would be like, um, you know, giving Stonehenge a respray. Mm. You, just don't, you just don't touch it. You know? We have a contact at Canapa. Yes, we, we do. Yeah, Damon, yeah. we'll get him on. Yeah, so that'd be really interesting. It'd be really interesting to, to hear, because there, there are certain things that they're doing, which I completely understand and agree with. One of which is um, the headlights, Yeah, mm. um, which is really encouraging, but it's the price of a polo set headlights as far as I can make out they're a bit they give different prices different times the other thing they're doing is um, effectively remaking the wheels but slightly bigger yeah. but to take uh, the modern modern tyre technology yeah. at the moment they run on uh, run flat Bridgestones and you have to work Bridgestones you have to wait for them to produce the tyre a batch yeah yeah a batch so at the moment uh, when I took my car to Porsche Classic for the service they suggested that I ought to change the tires because they were four years old, and um, but they'd done very few miles, and yeah. the miles mm. they'd done were mine, and I've done about four, four, five thousand kilometres in the car. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. And and and, yeah. and, uh, and they said to, it was actually um, uh, Greg Kremer, who's uh, Auto Heritage Works, said to me, just just ask them before you agree it what the date stamp is on the tires they're proposing to put on, and they were twenty seventeen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I declined um, yeah. and uh, we'll wait for the next batch to be made yeah. but I think there is some, some argument to I, look at that I'm sure I heard that they were actually designed for the, the 959 was designed to have 18 inch wheels but there weren't any tyres available from the manufacturers at that time and they scaled the wheels down to 17s so that they could get tyres don't that, know if that's right so Porsche actually partnered with Michelin at the time yeah I think it was Michelin um, to create a car, a tire specifically for the 959 because yeah, they're run flat tires um, sitting on a center lock wheel again, built to go to take a speed of 200 mile an yeah. hour under a certain load. There wasn't a tire out there for it. I, I don't know about that. Tire. Mm. So I can't remember where I wheel size. picked that up. That, that um, was with Michelin because they're, they're definitely Bridgestones. Mm. Yeah, right. it was. It, yeah, it was Michelin at the time. I think they wanted to put the run flat technology on there because they were worried of the consequences of a blowout yeah. at those speeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so, so this, this tyre was developed. I have to say... They seem perfectly good, and we've, we've all driven cars with older rubber and open technology, and you, mm. you, you know you are. The rest of the car does an awful lot um, to flatter the tyre if, um, yeah. if it's not quite up to it, but it yeah. appears. It's interesting that's the only piece, isn't it, that's age related? Because today there's many tyres, many wheels, and engineering companies that can make you a wheel that will do 200 mile an hour, because that was a problem on Daytona flats, was things were blowing up the faster mm. they got. Mm bearings were giving up tires were giving up you know so you're in a good 20 35 year window to say well i've got choice now mm. you can change them if you wanted to yeah well i i tracked down where the um bruce's um wheels are made which is in italy um and i approached the italian manufacturers and uh, got politely turned away <laughs> um, because they insisted they would then send them to america where they would be taxed then send them to me in the uk where they would be taxed and i oh. said i'm really happy to pay you a royalty yeah. just can we deliver them directly to the uk for yeah. the two and a half thousand pounds not ten thousand pounds yeah. um and um i shall pursue that one later because i would like the alternative there yeah the other problem you've got is of course there are uh you have to deal with the tire um 
pressure monitoring systems which are in there as well. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. That but must be a consumable though, I thought. So it's yeah. not, you know, there must be some uh, similar component because it can't, you know, what happens if it goes wrong now? There's got to be something else to go into it. I think my only point is you're on the peripheral of the what is underneath the car because my experience was when you drove the car, everything was so tight, it almost felt like a race car, you know, the straight cut gear, and it probably isn't, but it was that sort of noise. There was no, there's no movement in anything, gear change, engine lag, engine change, you know, a bit of slap, it's just so solid. Yeah, mm. it, it, it does solid, feel, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it mm. really does. And that's an, it was away for a reasonable period of time uh, for the service, and that was partly go back and forth about things that we're doing and partly we were locked down here for a while um, and uh, I was so so pleased that we got over there to get it back because who knows when we'd have been able to go back again but you get in that car and it's just the, just everything just feels just special in, yeah. in some way and you can't Put your finger on any one thing; it's pulling yeah, all it's the things. It? It's exactly it's, yeah. it's the many whole, parts. Many parts, and mm. you people would compare it with the F40 because they were around at the time and things like that. But this is a complete car, and as you say, it was designed yeah. to be driven down the autobahn at, at speed and be completely quiet, and, stable. And probably do two hundred thousand miles. Where an F40 wasn't designed for that. Yeah, different criteria, isn't it? Yeah, it's so. very different. But people sort of have that sort of poster image. And, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and the default no positions go well, F40, and the amazing car. But it, I think it's a, more the thinking man's choice. Mm. Uh, and I think you've got to see it as well. Because it's all right seeing posters, mm. but having now seen it, you know, touched it, so to speak, it's. Yeah, it's a different car to me. It's not just on a piece of paper. Yeah, I'd agree with and that. And I, I, th- I like the F40s and all those. Absolutely. But you, you couldn't help but look back at that if you were signing a bit of paper for the F40. You'd be thinking, oh, I don't know, probably uh, go for the 959. I, I, th- yeah, I think yeah, the people yeah. equally, people, there'll be people doing it the other way. Obviously, that's uh, the choice uh, in the world. Yeah. It absolutely makes the world go around. It makes yeah. it an exciting place that people, yeah, we, we all love our Porsches. But, yeah. And there are people who love their Ferraris, their McLarens. Yeah. Uh, or, or whether they love their well, golf the other thing, driving we were coming back and driving rain so it's not like we had a nice dry run home yeah, no. it really did get tested and it just was like a new Porsche brilliant yeah. Mm. so yeah a lot of credit Lee, to it Lee I've got a question for you there, there was a picture I saw where you were driving it and you were pulling a particular face yeah. I'm not sure if you can reconstruct that for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, but what was actually going through your mind while you were pulling that face? I was watching the speedometer. Okay. Um, I was actually, I was recording for a video at the time. And yeah. I, I think I was sitting at maybe uh, 200 clicks, 120 mile an hour. Uh, dropped a cob, put the foot down and, and the 959's twin turbos, they're sequential. Yeah. So it's not like the modern stuff where there's just, you know, no lag whatsoever, but you just get full boost. They're so incredible, aren't they? they yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of how they're built these days, that you just get, yeah, zero lag, full boost for, for ages, don't you? Whereas the 959's engine, I think, has got a lot more character to it. So the first turbo kicks in, and then at about 4,000 4, RPM, you get this almighty whack in the back from the second turbo where yeah. that mm-hmm. kicks off. And you'd sit there, you put your foot down, and again, like classic 911 turbo of the time, wait a little bit, gets to 4.5k, and then you're off. So I like to call that when it goes four and a half k the hucker moment. Yeah, so it yeah, huckers yeah, down. That. So that is the hucker face. It is where well, it was. It was <laughs> yeah. Then, like I say, you you put your foot down, 
and then it just goes, you know, like 220, yeah. 230, 240, Keep going. change up 250. And it was just like, yeah, that moment of like, bloody hell, this thing will absolutely do 200 mile an hour. Yeah. It was, it was, it's a bit criminal that it never got that. 200 mile an hour. Well, funny enough, right? So I, oh. uh, just as a very kind of quick yeah. story, I emailed this Ben Dimpson who helped, uh, along with Richard Soderberg, design the exterior of the 959. Yeah. We, we'll discuss Ben Dimpson in, in the next episode, as we said, but I did email him. I said, um, I'd just like to let you know I've got back from Germany and I've actually driven the 959. It yeah. made me kind of think of you and... Teary. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, I, I, I was very happy to get to 260 kilometers and then I held off out of respect for the owner. And he came back and he said, great to hear you've driven the 959, even though you only took it to 150. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. Fair play. Yeah. But I mean, he's obviously he was around at the time and they, they were being built. And even yeah. 35 years later, he's willing you to, to do the stuff that's kind of built for you. Yeah. So. That was what the face was, any case. Yeah, it's a good face, yeah, so definitely. You see, but it was just like, this is absurd. This is a 35-year-old car. Yeah. It's about to propel me to the horizon. So I, when anybody asks me what I thought of the 959 as a passenger, yeah, I say, even now, it felt like the future when I, mm. when I was in it. It mm. still feels like the future, even 30 years after it's been built. Yeah. What's your take? I think for me, as I said earlier on, it's just the absolute line in the sand moment for Porsche as a company. Porsche is, as Carl Mayer has said on a previous pod, Porsche is an engineering company. Mm-hmm. And at Visac, whilst they've made sports cars for not just Porsche, but other manufacturers as well, they've also uh, helped make uh, aeroplanes and aircraft and all sorts of random stuff that we don't know and probably never will know. And that, and that really just cements the fact that Porsche is an engineering company. And if there's one product that exemplifies Porsche's, as I said, excellence in engineering, but also its integrity of engineering, it yeah. is the 959. And, and that for me, yeah, that is the, the absolute ultimate definitive will never be beaten. Um, Porsche likes to have pictures or put the 959 next to the Carrera GT next to the 918 as it's kind of yeah. how car to represent that period. But for me, as absolutely fantastic as the 918 is and the Carrera GT is, they just don't touch the 959 mm. because of what that car means to the company. You know? What do you think, Paul? What's your take on it? 959 over everything else? Uh, I, I agree with you. And I think you've also got to, um, you, yes, you look at those three Halo Porsches. The, you've got to look at the, what was available to them at that time yeah. that you, you were building the 959. If you take the era of the Carrera GT, look what the Ferrari, Lamborghini, who, 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 other manufacturers, the new ones coming through, the Paganis, the Zondas, the, the, mm. when you come into the 1918 era, that the world had moved on. Yeah. And the, the technology that was, the, the, the ABS and all these the, the things that had come in and the increase in power. The engineering was easier. Yes. Well, yeah. computer-aided design. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that became more easy. So you, you have to look at the, the, the moment in time when it was produced and the engineering that was available to them at the time. And therefore, the achievement, and it's not belittling any achievement in something that's gone after, but it was a much more groundbreaking. Yeah. And, and actually, you, you're, you say it, was the fu- it felt like the future now. Think what it must have been like at that time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. And so therefore... They are amazing cars, Carrera GT, 918. 
I'm not a particular fan of hybrid technology, uh, but uh, the Carrera GT, that's different, uh, that it was a F1-derived engine. But again, it was produced in an era that, that doesn't have even the same technology in terms of suspensions. No, it like doesn't, does it? No, no. no. Uh, the Carrera GT has quickly got old, which actually now is kind of what's part of its charm in terms of values, because everyone's got hybrid cars or turbochargers, and then there's this thunderous V10 mid-engine super sports car around. The Carrera GT is more Ferrari F40 in a way, isn't it? Well, I suppose If you know so, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. that more, it's yeah. a raw... Fiber. Uh, yeah. Gone fibre tub. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the kind of the, the influence of the Carrera GT in, in everything else that Porsche has done is kind of it remains just with the Carrera GT. It yes. doesn't permeate yeah. into other yeah. areas yeah. of the business. Absolutely. Because the 959 yeah. still does, yeah. as we know. The, 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 um, it's the analogue nature of the Carrera GT compared with the, uh, you can go and buy, step in a three, four-year-old Ferrari, it'll be quicker. Yeah. Um, a McLaren, a 12C McLaren will be quicker. Yeah. Um, but it's the, the theatre that goes with it, the analogue. And, and the, my view, the, 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 the thing out of the Carrera GT that is, there's an influence or found its way into more Porsches than anything else is the wooden gear knob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just whereas you go to the 959 and we've now we've discussed previously this evening yeah. all the technology that is still relevant and yeah. still happening. Huge tour de force, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, you think wow. the, the big achievement with that would be take a Le Mans car and make it fit for the road? Because that's what it sort of feels to me, is you've got a road-going car, but you've got the race technology that is hard to put on the road in a civil, civilised way. Funny you say and I, that. And I think Ferrari have done it the other way. You've yeah. got a fast road car, and they've made it faster, I guess, for the track. But that's what it felt, felt to me. When that car pulled away, no fuss, no noise. It did what it was supposed to do. And... You're bang on. Safely, if you know what I mean. You yeah. weren't fighting the steering wheel. There was no back-end movement. As I say, it was horrendous rain and mm. stuff. Yeah, in a, in, a, in a lesser way, I think that a car that, that probably did that too was the original Audi Quattro. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because that was suddenly... Yeah, it began to homologate things, weren't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and you had this four-wheel drive um, car uh, that had 200 and the first one's about 200 brake yeah, and then they went up to 240 or something yeah. like that yeah. and at the time they were considered very quick but it was actually the way they went round corners yeah. and uh, mm. and the sort of people that bought those were people who really knew about cars and um, they, they were phenomenal at the time yeah. and look what it's done for Audi absolutely yeah. Yeah. you still buy a Quattro today can't you carried that all the way through yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly the same way definitely well I think that's it the cornering so that's probably where I was going you got a race car that's 200 mile a mile straight and then it can take you know 50 mile an hour bends at god knows what speed and I think that's the 959 mm. you know you're not going to drive it like that but if you needed to I bet you would eat it mm. it would yeah. be it would be incredible uh, to perhaps have somebody um that's one of the Porsche drivers and, and just to take you around a track in it <laughs> just to see what it could do and, um it would be amazing, absolutely mm. amazing. Ben McLaughlin, let's get him. Yes, definitely. <laughs> There's a fantastic uh, historical picture of Walter Rowe in a 959 Sport yeah. just going around the corner. I think it's on the test track at Visac, and like the rear of the car is sitting on the floor. He's <laughs> <laughs> just come around the corner, it's just like gas, and the nose is in the sky. The sky yeah. like, I mean, he's obviously he's driving it. He'd yeah. be in the, 
mm. his quote isn't it on good drivers or proper drivers have flies on the side windows <laughs> that's it that's <laughs> definitely <laughs> It, yeah. So, Paul, if we could, if we could find a willing driver, would you do you fancy and, and a, insurance to go with it? Yeah. Do you fancy a couple, <laughs> of, a couple of laps around a track? <laughs> Come back, Paul. Date of next podcast. Yes, yes, I would, but it would, it would have to be. Um, it, it, yes, I would. I've got, but I had to feel comfortable the whole mm. situation because yeah. um, it would be. Just, just horrendous if something happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, if something happens to somebody in the car, that that's dreadful. But for the car, because it feels very together, it, 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 it's it's yeah, you couldn't put it back, could you? No, it's a, well, as Lee, your expression is, the car's only original once. Exactly. Um, and uh, that car um, is original, late series. Um, and uh, I actually don't know how many nine five nines are there are in the UK, or never have never met another owner. Really? No. So, if anybody knows owners of nine five nines, yeah, can't track them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell you what, what a WhatsApp group that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we yeah. Um, we should at this point come on to Sunday because yes. we have all just attended Rain yeah. Twenty uh, Rain Sport. Rain Sport. Road to Rain Sport. It definitely was because oh we my god, all drove well some of Paul's cars to get the cars up there and back and I mean it was actually lashing it down Sunday morning lashing biblical it. I well A I mean incredibly grateful for you guys for, for driving up but also badges of honour to Joe and to Andy who were in early <laughs> early 911 with, with a 73 RS and, a, and an ST rear wheel drive rear wheel drive <laughs> period tyres yeah. uh, period period demisting yeah. lighting uh, yeah. 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 period candle headlights you didn't even have heating I was going to say you? one of them had heating it wasn't mine yeah. Yeah. Mine, was lovely. <laughs> mine was my lovely feet warm. were freezing yeah. Yeah. I, I found the seats comfortable in the ST but that was about it <laughs> well, hold on I was saying being that Chuck just piped up should we just just stop on that for a moment so chuck was it was uh i gave him a lift up in the morning he's oh yeah i'll jump in yeah keep your company on the way up he took one look at the st and uh jumped ship for the uh the 991 <laughs> gts yeah that was very pleasant actually thank you for that thank you for allowing me to do that <laughs> so you dapped out of it, so how was the heated seat yeah. it was good it's good for my head anyway yeah. But, uh, but yeah i mean these guys uh yeah hats off to you well uh, that it, it was dark it was yeah, cats and dogs range yeah lying water yeah tell you what though at half past five on sunday morning despite the rain so we, we'd all met up at paul's and we had a, a good old-fashioned keys in the bowl moment didn't we? <laughs> it was a case of yeah uh, a lucky you, dip, but... you just walked walked to the bloody gt a four litre no, 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 I, I, to be fair i pulled the key out for that and i thought Thank God for that. <laughs> Is that after having a good feel of each key? Because obviously that key is a little bit easier to find. Yeah, I think Funny you went first, Andy, didn't you? I did, yeah. Andy yeah. went first. He's obviously his feeling abilities isn't that good. Cause yeah. <laughs> pulled out the, uh, yeah. the 73 key. Joe, Joe and I had a brief to say, the one that looks like a car, don't get anything that looks like a key. <laughs> There's no short straws there like, at all. No, absolutely so, not. Um, Andy, driving a 2.7 RS, the... the father of Rensport. What did you make of that? Well, I've, I've had to book an, an appointment with the doctor since for my blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not come down. <laughs> <It's> still, <laughs> I was so <laughs> nervous. I thought it was a wind problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> 50p, 20p all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. What was it like though? You know, that's a hell of an experience. So. Um, what, what, I, I tried to put it into like three words and the car is so tight. Mm-hmm. It's a real tight car, isn't it? Great Everything example. feels just, it feels like it could have it's come the out touring, of it. It's touring, is it? On that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's touring. Nice, yeah. Um, bit bouncy. Yeah. Like suspension was quite sort of... Boingy, tight, but that's, though, the, that's the first um, old, older 911 than um, I've driven before. Um, and the other thing was Revy. Yeah. So 90 miles, I'm sorry, 70 miles an hour. Referring back to Blue Night Blunders. What have you learned? Clearly nothing. So yeah, cruising on a on a private highway at 90 miles an hour <laughs> and it's sort of 5,000 RPM. Yeah, it's, it's quite... Um, quite revvy. Yeah, it's yeah. quite revvy. I was quite surprised at that myself. Yeah, being the touring, you I don't know, you'd have thought it was... But yeah. what the power, lightness, just, yeah, lovely. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the, the important thing is just take yourself back to 1973. Oh, yeah. And um, were you driving? Cortina. <laughs> <laughs> Mark 1 No, I had a Mark 1 I'm sure it was No, it's probably a Vauxhall Viva in 73 <laughs> <laughs> It just passed me test or something You imagine the roads at that time And you yeah, suddenly had this, this light 210 brake yeah. horsepower yeah. Oh, It'd be a rocket ship, wouldn't it? 210, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I remember top trumps with those in there If you've got them Yeah, yeah. You were RS I mean, just phenomenal yeah, well, no other car, no other road car had a wing on it until the two point seven RS came along. It's mm. the first production road car with a with the rear wing. Uh-huh. In that, yeah. you know so many useless facts. Don't yeah, you? I think at the time my friend at Lotus, he is that he is that guy. <laughs> my wife is so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder she sleeps well. <laughs> my friend's Lotus Cortina, which was like a real draw I think it was about hundred brake. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think remember. that yeah. was like we all thought that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You didn't see a 911. My uncle turned up with an S, and it was an early S, so it was like in the 70s, and said to me, jump in. And we were <laughs> sped off in that. And I just come back and said, what is this car? Because I didn't have no clue. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what a Porsche was or anything. And that was my sort of, yeah, love affair. Was that your Porsche. moment? It was. That was my moment, Tear yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably before losing my cherry, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Before, yeah, but no, fantastic car. If, that, if you could have afforded afford that car and then the widow maker type thing come on the back of it with the turbos and all the rest of it, and I can understand why, mm. I've bent one or two. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they were quick. Yeah, amazing car. Yeah. Oh, before um, we asked Joe how you got on with the ST, because uh, that that's an animal of a car, isn't it? And, but we were driving along. I mean, I think I led or swapping with Paul in terms of leading for some of the journey because I was the only one that had the kind of proper headlights to lock the <laughs> this is true. I was so I was kind of out in front in the eyes I think the, I think the 959 has probably got the worst headlights out of all of them isn't it yeah they're not great yeah. they, having done a thousand kilometres back from Germany and a lot well when we came back to that U, the UK oh I remember that, that night was, yeah that made that morning look, yeah. look positively yeah, yeah. but um, yeah they aren't great 
Yeah. Uh, very grateful to follow. Um, <laughs> and then the, the, the wingman at the back um, fill in the uh, 991 GTS. Yeah. GTS. Well, it's, I think as we got nearer to the, the venue, you guys overtook me. And I just thought, well, how about that watching you guys bomb past? And I thought it's actually kind of worked out all right in terms of the cars we got. Because, Andy, you had an air-cooled 911 with a duck tail, very similar yeah. to your 993. Joe, you had an air-cooled flatback. Uh, left-hand drive 911 so mm-hmm. there's similarities with your 912 there and obviously the rs four liter and the 996 have lots in common in that they're both water-cooled unicorn 911 <laughs> 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 everybody i just thought well what what similarities and i got to uh water-cooled uh short shift and a lightweight flywheel and then i thought i'd better start <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I, thought, I thought it was uh, some sort of uh, bit of poetry to the choices in the end absolutely but joe st anyway how how, how did you get on with the uh, condor green isn't it condor green, yeah, condor green is, yeah. beast. well it's a bit of me isn't it i'd say so oh, definitely yeah. i mean it was, it's a bit like my 912 on on extreme steroids, steroids. <laughs> um yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I don't know. I mean, that engine is so, so brilliant. He, he didn't let the keys out of his hand all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Do you drive all the way back as well? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I drove, I drove it, I drove it back to get back because you guys disappeared. <laughs> yeah. There was no nobody volunteered a different car. You were gone. I was like, I think you all took one look at the weather and the rain and the yeah. car and like, no, stick with it. But no, it was um, yeah, it was interesting in the water. Uh, but yeah, much better. Because yeah, what tyres that? That's on uh, old Michelin TB, old yeah, Michelin yeah, TB fives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt quite good on the tyres that I had on the, on the two point yeah. seven. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> not in that. Not in the, the, the water was interesting. No, the water yeah. was not great. How loud is it in the ST? Um, how loud is it in the? Well, he's ST? talking loud still, isn't he? <laughs> Genuinely, this isn't. This, I'm not. This isn't. Yeah, me bullshitting. I genuinely got into bed when I got home, and my ears were actually still ringing. Yeah, really? yeah, actually it. ringing. I think that's sort of resonance, kind of. Yeah, because yeah, there's not much, is there? It's like firewall. There's like a waft of carpet over it, and that's it. I don't yeah. think there's anything else in it. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, webbers in it. Is that or injections? Uh, injections. No, it's, no, yeah, 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 it's an yeah. But it's, it's uh, very induction noise. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think massive I think on the way back I just about found a sweet spot that's sort of 60 65 you sort of just touched the throttle it was sort of that was yeah that was okay you could talk mm. over that mm. but yeah Wasn't as soon hurting. as you touched the throttle it was like yeah. it was what? an animal and just wanted to yeah, get away spitting flames yeah oh it was you said yeah 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 it did actually I remember yeah. following you around around about near Silverstone and it yeah yeah chuck some fire out in your face yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the um give us the lowdown on the engine because it's got a bit of a built motor in it isn't it yeah, it's um, um, Manfred Rugen, who's a very well-known German uh, engine builder. Uh, yeah, very well respected in racing circles, and uh, uh, he rebuilt, rebuilt the engine. Yeah, they're Beautiful a looking. history to them because they're essentially 911 S's or 911 T's, I think, with a, a sport packet. Yeah, uh, and each are individually built to like the customer spec at the time. I mean, they were built to, to race, weren't they? That was the yeah, yeah. that was the thing. Is it 23 of them from factory or something? 23 or so. That car was delivered to Munich. Uh, it's Unfortunately, the, the sort of it's a bit sketchy. I mean, at the time, nobody really sort of took records, unless there's photographic records and people were taking part in um, well-publicised events. That particular car was delivered to somebody and had what they called an airfield gearbox that was hill climb. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the gearbox in it is 
Sure. Not original. Yeah. That's not an original gear, but right. that it would have been even shorter. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and that's what you do. You actually you, you order the T because that was the weight, yeah. the, the low weight. And then you 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 built your car mm. uh, yeah. fr- from there. And the history behind that car was that it was um <clears throat> they went to Sweden, to Germany to Sweden, and it was a rally driver in Sweden. Um and there's a little placard what he called the mm. car, Megan, Megan, something like that. And it was actually um Josh Sadler of Auto Farm got a phone call from uh, the owner and uh, somebody was looking at the car and went over to look at it and was like, yeah, this is what I think it is and brought it back to the UK. It was sold to somebody uh, from a well-known motor racing family and uh, he restored it. Okay. And uh, with it's been done so well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a real. I love detailing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a proper build. And the only thing it lacks is sort of a lot of racing history. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of information from Porsche about it, and when time allows, I might go over to the dealer in um, Munich that supplied and just see whether we can dig out some more information mm. about oh, who it went to, yeah. whether there's some racing mm. history there because it would be nice to put together. But yeah, I love it when you lift up engine cover and you've got all of the amber um, fiberglass housings um, what do you call it the carbon fan shroud yeah, yeah the fan yeah, shroud just amazing mm-hmm. at this point should we play the interview with uh, Paul is it Goudon the Ren 20 yes organizer? yeah we, we had a, a little chat with him didn't we yeah, yeah to find out how, how it was to put on the event this yeah. year it sounded much more difficult than it was the year before obviously for mm. well actually reasons. do you want to give us a 30 second rundown on the 4 litre I'm sure Oh yeah, yeah. You, you obviously. Well, and Andy, you drove it. Well, should we come back to that? Yeah, let's play. Let's play the interview and then come back to that. Yeah, cool. Are we on? We're on. We are indeed. Where are we today, Lee? Uh, We're at Ren Twenty with Paul, the organizer. Hi guys. Paul, just join us for a little bit. You're welcome. Um, first of all, like, what's the what's the thesis behind the behind the event? Is it year two, isn't it? Year two. Um, first year was last year. It was a bit of a test in the water, really. Um, we we the reason why it started is, is we had um, some guys having a track day with some really cool cars. Yeah. Um, we had a private day at Donington. When we looked at the list of cars, a few of the guys that were coming in internationally said, you know, we should park these up and let people see them. Yeah. So it was at Donington. We hired Donington Hall. Uh, we had probably about 70 cars then. Um, part of the, did a little bit of marketing, but there's no budget. So it was kind of word of mouth more than anything. Went down really well. People seemed to enjoy it. So Yeah, it was excellent. I was there. Enjoyed it very much. good. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Um, so we decided to have another go this year. Planned it for August. Yeah. Then there was a bit of a, uh, an illness went round. <laughs> caused a few issues for us. Absolutely. So... It's been really hard to organise. We, to be fair, mm. wasn't expecting to be as difficult as this. We postponed it because it seemed like it wasn't the top right time to do it in August. Yes, yeah. moved it to here. It doesn't seem to. It got better, I think, in August. It might have been better to leave it as yeah. it was, but we didn't know that. Um, and it's been a real push to try and make it happen because there's been a lot to mm. try and to prevent it in the last couple of weeks, Absolutely. especially. Yeah, no, you lucked mm. out with the timing. I mean, Christ, is it three days time? We're all back in lockdown. Back yeah, indoors, and, our, and yeah. our track day is on Tuesday, so it's the oh, day it? before lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, the majority of these cars are UK based, are they not? All, all of them this time. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. last year there was more cars because we had more European stuff. Yeah. Um, this year they were all coming, and then obviously they've been prevented from coming. So it's been a real shame. There's some absolutely cracking cars that aren't coming. Yeah. But you know what? We've got next year. So yeah. next year there'll be probably f- I would expect fifty to sixty percent more cars than we have today. Yeah. Um, and al- also certain cars like the um, the Group Cs. We've got no Group Cs today. Last mm. year we had four. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. 
we couldn't get them this year just because of the weather. So they, you know, they were like worried about putting them on the on the grass and stuff. So there's been a few issues. People like David Piper was bringing the 917, but because of COVID, he's mm. obviously naturally a little bit concerned being a bit older. Yeah. yeah. So there's a few cars missing that we wanted to be here, but we managed to get, I think, a really good collection. It's not mm. a bad line now, is it? I mean, it's uh, yeah, and the venue's awesome. I mean, is it will be back here next year? They've asked us to come back. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. That's good. so I think so. I mean, yeah. it's been it's been testing because obviously it's a it's a full time school. It's half term at the moment, but yeah. they've had issues with international uh, pupils. So they, they you know they've got a reputation. They've got to maintain it. it's good. So we've we've had to do a lot of risk assessments and then mm. more risk assessments. But we've got there. They're happy, uh, and they've already asked us to come back next year. So Excellent. wonderful. Yeah, that's I think good. We will. Yeah, mm. good. It'd be nice to know uh, because yes, yeah, a plethora of cars here. Like the standard of them is insane, but like. What car would you say is like the, the your favourite? Which car are you most pleased to see of your own eyes here today? Uh, okay, well there could be quite a few. Um, there, personally, we we had a nine five nine coming last year and it dropped out last minute. So to have a nine five nine here was cool. Rare car, but for me, just as a kid, it's poster car. Is that why it's parked next to yours? It might be why. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. We also had a car coming that had to drop out last minute, which was uh, one of the Nurburgring. 24 Manti cars. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that okay. was coming until cool. yesterday. Yeah. Wow. So I'm gutted that didn't make it, but hopefully we'll get that next year. Mm. Why um, did it fall through out of interest? Just uh, logistics of getting it here. Yeah. Um, it tied in with the team that runs it. They couldn't get it for certain reasons. So, yeah. So it was a shame. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, the Dempsey Proton's pretty cool as well, the RSR. Mm. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a, yeah, a pretty cool one. Yeah, yeah. And and David's 904 GTS, that looks great. We've moved, I'm hoping people see that because we've moved that down by the um, the chapel. That's such so a pretty car, isn't it? It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. So right. I'm hoping that's a good poster car that people are going to take yeah. lots of uh, yeah. pictures yeah. of. Yeah. Well, we, we were cooking our sausages next to it. <laughs> Is that <laughs> a <laughs> euphemism? And there was plenty of people coming down to see it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Sni- yeah. Sniffing, weren't they? Sniffing out our sausages. Yeah, yeah. We'll put a few of our favourite pictures up on our Instagram page Absolutely, so if yeah. people mm. couldn't make today uh, they'll be able to see kind of the calibre of car that was here on our on our Instagram yep. so yeah, we'll make, make sure we do that and um, yeah like where where do you want to take this show next year Paul? Well there was going to be some official Porsche involvement this year yeah. Yeah. they cancelled everything this mm. year so despite us being quite fine talks in I think it's February March time so they want to talk to us about next year, so we'll see what they're in. But it, at the end of the day, it's still a private event that doesn't have any, uh, you know, major corporate involvement. So yeah. next year, we'd like to get a few more trade stands, just grow it organically a little bit. Yeah, um, get some new cars as well. So I'll, literally, we're starting to plan this from from next week for next year because we'll be back in the summer. But to be fair, the weather's been. Oh, I've been okay. lucky today. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got wet yesterday setting up. Oh, <laughs> we got wet this morning. I tell you, coming. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. it was uh, quite, quite, quite a trip up through lots of puddles <laughs> yeah and the guys at iValet who, who have been you know prepping the cars for us there's four guys and they were like oh my god how are we going to get through this but they've done really well and then yeah. luckily it's maintained to be fairly dry so, mm, yeah, so absolutely. we've been alright and there's been a lot of people yeah good turnout yeah it's been a really good turnout yeah. considering the circumstances I think it's been amazing really it's mm. probably double the people we had last year so yeah. and we still didn't market this one because you know, even four weeks ago, we didn't know if we were allowed to do it. Mm. Yeah. So we refrained because we'd want to sell over tickets, you know, and then have to p- cancel it. So we didn't really do a bit of a marketing push really even to the last two weeks. So mm. it's not bad for a couple of weeks run yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it has been really well received. I think everyone's just desperate for a nice car event. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's not been many this year, is there? No, it's so. been a poor old year. Yeah. Is yeah. it a tough thing to put on? I mean, is it, how many, I mean yeah, how many is in your team that kind of put this on? Is it? Uh, me. Yeah. 
That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so just just me. Um, wow. I put it on there. I've got two guys who help me on the the days, yeah. and then I've got a team that we have. So we've got fifteen staff who are helping to to who do car events from Le Mans and got Formula you. One. So they're great. They know what they're doing. But in terms of the logistics for the whole thing, it's just 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 the one. But next year there won't be just one. So that's a lot yeah. for one person. There. Yeah, Christ. yeah. But this year's been strange. I said last year I wouldn't do it on my own, but because this year's been so. St- stop start mm. yeah you kind of just keep going and going and then you realize actually i can't bring anyone on now yeah so but next year i think we'll we'll increase it because hopefully it'll be a bit bigger yeah mm. many people doing the track day on tuesday um yeah i mean it's private so there's yeah. going to be a fair few cars a lot of the guys who are going to bring not necessarily cars that are here but they're bringing other race cars they've got so we're still going to have a 910 rsr three liters quite a few cup cars and gt3s and stuff so it's a, a, a real mixture from like 60s right through to modern stuff wonderful yeah mm. even the the gt2 rs mantai um is going to be there i think he's pretty much on slicks as well so yeah <laughs> sounds like a fun day out. fast past all of us <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> will you be on track yeah yeah i'll take my on um but it's just make sure everyone's there and, and donnington have been really good there i think they've maintained running track days pretty much through the lockdown anyway mm. so they're geared up nicely so we can turn up and just have a day and come Perfect. away but it's an unrestricted day so a lot of the guys who have got rsrs mm. are bringing those as well so how, yeah. how many cars are going to run around i think we'll only we've kept it we keep it quite low but it's probably about 25 or so yeah that's a nice mm. number to be on yeah there. yeah yeah mm. so it's nice enough and it's, it's a sociable thing mm. excellent spot yeah. on yeah well paul thank you very much for your time today it's a uh, cool show of course come and have a look around isn't it so definitely thanks for coming thank guys. you thank you very much appreciate, that. appreciate it thank you thank you so that was paul at Ren 20, fun day out, has to be said. Yeah, it's excellent. I have to say, I didn't really see the cars. I had to, was chatting to people. No, but that's what was great about it, was actually seeing lots of people and chatting at a distance, obviously. But yeah, I didn't didn't actually look at many cars. I know I didn't take any pictures, I don't think. The only thing I took pictures of were sausages. Sausages. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. our sausages. Honestly, that was probably my highlight. There was this, like... This waft coming from the RS4 litre, people coming along, and you could see their nose yeah. going. It was the onions, and then you two are down by the car. Like, so, um, Paul wasn't able to get any uh, hospitality in, no um, drinks, no food. I think it was the idea was that you didn't want people congregated anywhere. Yeah. And uh, we caught wind of this, and um, Paul very kindly bought us some butch, butchers, butcher, but yeah. I can't say the word. Butcher's dog. Butcher's sausages. Is that's the one? Yeah. Um, Chipolatas, so they cook a bit more quickly, you know. Yeah, well done, yeah. So we got ourselves organised. Uh, Joe bought the the buns. And the eggs. Yeah. I bought some onions and we fried it all up behind the four litre. Eggs. Yeah. Got some eggs yeah, as well. Play. And eggs, yeah, we did, didn't we? The eggs, yeah. proper fried egg event. It was, yeah, exactly <laughs> that. It was absolutely spot on. It, it was just brilliant how people would come over, take a picture of the RS4 litre and then just look down the side. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of debauchery is going on down here? Yeah, yeah, alternative, yeah. they'd be taking their picture and they'd be photobombed by one somebody paying, coffee's ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the PPF is uh, melted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's job then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a chip and rolling around the inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ren sausage. Yeah. Please, yeah. please looking for one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we could have yeah. paid for our petrol there and back, uh, if we'd uh, oh, if yeah. we'd known. Yeah. And, uh, been onto a winner. Yeah, there, we, we, we could have been. Especially with the fact we had we set up on those steps. Yeah. But yeah, it was hats off to Paul for the event and actually managed to get it off the ground. And you're right, there were a lot of really enthusiastic people a lot of people mm. had seen for a while and yeah. it was great to get together especially in the light of 
what we're all facing up tomorrow evening. Yeah. I think they lucked out with the timing, didn't they? I mean, Christ, mm. it's you know, literally mm. days before the imminent second wave. It's, well, the sun yeah. came out. It did. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was raining and the sun mm. popped out for a mm. What was amazing hours. is we were leaving, what was it, about 2? No, one, one thirty, And I think we drove maybe half a mile up the road and it started raining, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it yeah. hadn't rained yeah. at all while we were at the event. Yeah, for, yeah. For we, five um, hours. We swapped cars on the way back. You were in the RS 4 litre, I was in the yeah. 2.7 RS, which was awesome. You know, the roundabouts, there's loads of them all going around Silverstone onto, is it mm, yes. 40 then, yeah. isn't it? Uh, it was great fun around there, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that RS 4 litre road presence, wow. Oh, it's, That's got it's, so much road presence yeah. to it, hasn't it? You know? Yeah, it, it really looks something on the road. It's a, yeah. I was talking about the 959 earlier, to actually see that car on the road. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the it's, boss. It, 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 it's, it's the boss. It's the size. It's it's just it just the, the it it looks proportioned. Yeah, everything's right. And I think we were discussing that uh, today. It, the wing doesn't look out of place on that particular car. No, I think that some of the wings on on the nine nine ones. You look at it and think, oh yeah, I understand why it's there, but do I really want it there? Yeah. Uh, whereas with that, it just looks proportioned. Just Proper right. Job, yeah. yeah, and actually more practical than the three point eight in that regard because. The three point, uh, the, the four liter is slightly higher the wing over the three point eight. So when you're driving in the the RS three point eight, you can't really see too much if you're reversing. You, you can't see too much because the wing is right in the way. It's right in your eye yeah, line. Yeah. Whereas where the four is just a little bit kind of raised, there's that, a practical element there that you can see where you're reversing. That was the worst bit for me was driving was trying to reverse the four liter into the parking space at the end of the drive. The rest <laughs> of it was amazing. Yeah. I was so nervous yeah. trying to park it <laughs> in between the big cron- yeah. uh, concrete bollards I, I have to say that the, the, the four litre over the, the 3.8 has noticeably more torque lower down that's the beauty of that four litre engine um, road holding's fantastic but when you press the sport button and there is a huge difference in the 997 when you press the sport button that throttle response for me I don't know what you think this poor I think that is right up there with the 911R for just yeah absolute you that is razor sharp mm-hmm. razor sharp throttle response and, and again I, I just aside from the r that is unbeatable in any 911 yeah you know i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um well it's an rsr crank in there isn't it so yeah there's a lot of motorsport bits it's rose jointed at the back but actually it's not a crashy ride at all oh, the ride's really, amazing really nice and compliant yeah. on the road so that is, I mean, you know, forget the fact that there's 600 of them made and it was a, a numbered production run. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal 911. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. 911. We've, we talked about to Cumbria. Yes. And uh, notice on the roads there, Joe, you drove hmm. a, a little while there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it done 2,000 miles on a board. It's now done six, six and a half, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think about six and a half. Yeah, so it's, um, no, it's the, the presence on the road is, is, is fantastic. And you're right about the th- throttle response. It's just... It sort of transforms the car. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a different car. It's like it's had a coffee. You press that, and it <laughs> yeah. just focuses like, yeah. in. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. Double just, espresso. Please. It is without a doubt. But that that throttle response is unreal. I don't it know was what, quite at home in Cumbria, wasn't it? On the, some of those roads that yes. day. Yeah. yeah, going round and round and round. That oh, those, yeah, so you'd have had loads of fun doing that on on those sorts of roads. Mm. You know, that's just what that car's built for. I think you know. probably the right size for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine nine one's probably getting a bit big almost. Yeah, but. and it's a proper analog nine eleven, isn't mm. it? So. Uh, yeah, I think again it's a, a moment in time, and probably slightly under underrated. I would say undervalued because that's not really the case. But but um, I think probably 
slightly underrated as to what it represents in terms of the last of the Metzger engine, the, um, the the size of it and, and a moment in time. Will we see the 911R was probably the next one. Will we see another 911 like that, of that ilk? Yeah, well, this is it. Who knows, but certainly not, <clears throat> excuse me, certainly not with a Metzger engine. And it's got that distinct mm. tone to it, isn't it? Sounds great. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a a 992 version of one of these (coughs) short run, yeah, whether it's an R, whether it's a four litre. Yeah, can you imagine a 992 version of one of those? It's difficult, Mm. isn't it? It's a big car. Mm. Yeah, not with the same appeal, like you say. Yeah, that the the 997 is nimble enough compared to the 991 to be properly enjoyed, like on the road. Yeah, especially on our like twisty little B roads that we've got in this country, Mm. you know, winging a big old turbo-bodied 992 around those sorts of roads is a different proposition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it didn't it didn't feel a big car at all no. when driving it. No. It felt perfect around, around you. Um, I did find it really interesting because obviously I drove the 2.7 in the morning and then the 4-litre in the afternoon. What a crap day. Yeah, <laughs> it's <was> awful. <laughs> Absolutely Won't awful. be coming again then. No. <laughs> um, but the sort of, for me, it cemented that I've got the right car for me in my 993 um, because I love the old school cabin where you feel like, you know, you're just almost in a, like a full face helmet. This <laughs> is the way I sort of feel it. You, you know, the windscreen sort of comes all the way around you. Um, you're right there tight. Um, the 997 feels a bit big and modern for me inside. Um, you know, the windscreen's quite a long way forward. Um, but love the, the way that the 997 goes down the road. And I see more of that in the 993. So it was a real good uh, cement moment for me to know that I think I picked the right car for me. Well, how awesome was, is that, that out of everything there on the day? And yeah, those two incredible experiences that that's solidified your own sort of testimony in, in your car. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty neat, isn't it? Spot on. Yeah. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, no, we'll, we'll wrap that up. That is our experiences in those amazing cars, the 959, the 27 RS, the ST and, and the RS 4 litre. Um, Paul, don't envy you in cleaning them all. That's just your <laughs> <laughs> I'll be completely honest, I don't. <laughs> Maybe that's where Chuck comes into it. Yeah, well, actually, guys, I've got you. You know, you've got that, those rather fr- uh, the freebies we got. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. use them. Yeah, oh, yeah, come on round. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they weren't gifts for you. They were tools. You got <laughs> yeah. well, who are they? G-Tech. Thank you very much, G-Tech, for the very nice bags. Yeah, I did go and chat to G-Tech, and they said they'd be quite keen for someone to give us a bit of insight, knowledge on their products and what they do. G-Technique. G-Technique G-Technic or just, G-Technic? No, G-Technic. just remember that was Chuck that gave you a plug, so any freebies? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is G-Technic, yeah. Yeah, G-Technic. I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, it's, it's some things, it's subjects you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. And I remember listening to your um, insurance podcast, which initially, but what an eye I mean, fascinating. Yeah. We, we keep discussing that between us, ourselves, saying, you know, we thought when we were doing it, we thought it was a bit dry, didn't we? we yeah, thought we this didn't. This might not be great. Not sure this is going to hit the mark, but it's... The, that sort of pod really that well, include yeah done really well and lots of people have commented how interesting it was because they found out information that they, yeah. they didn't know well I, I yeah. use Lockton and I have to say they've been fantastic the, uh-huh. the, the individual I deal with but also the product they offer uh, yeah um, and and it probably allow things like the weekend I mean that that because they've got that policy in there is it any driver 
over a certain age and you're covered on, on your whole, yeah. all your cars, which I mean, you know, I hadn't heard of that elsewhere before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normally, historically, you'd be frantically ringing around trying to add your friends on for mm. weekends or days or to different insurances. And yeah, it just logistically, it'd be a nightmare. So mm. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. But a bit more importantly, the personnel that you're dealing with. You actually got somebody dedicated. You email yeah. dedicated. You can speak to, yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, uh, and uh, be interested to hear what G technique um, about really yeah. what's behind that because yeah. we all <clears throat> let's get 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 sold to you by um, dealerships um, at the at a certain price point, but actually be un- understanding what it's really all about. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we'll wrap it up. We're we're going to have a quick cup of tea break and then we're going to be on recording the episode for next week's so we're keen to record two tonight and then drip three feed through yep. for week two while we're in lockdown because it's nice to enjoy our company isn't it so um that'll be that i, I think that's that's our experiences in those uh, halo cars paul thank you for supplying them as, as we said absolutely thank you um, thank you guys for tonight obviously coming around and giving us a bit of a yeah. Hello, biscuits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheers to the biscuits, Chuck. Exactly. Yeah. That. Good plans. Plethora of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs>